You're listening to the life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. Welcome to the Life of Tries Kona preview with myself, Phil Rockner, and of course, the man on the ground, Kevin McKinnon. Kevin, we've got a good partner with us for this one. Absolutely. Uh, very thrilled to uh, have the crew from Zwift, the fitness company born from gaming, on board with us for our uh, Kona series. Zwift utilizes multiplayer online gaming technology to create rich, 3D worlds ripe for exploration. Join thousands of cyclists and runners in immersive playgrounds like London, New York, and Paris, as well as Zwift's very own world of Watopia. From friendly races to social rides and structured training programs, Zwift unites a diverse community in pursuit of more fun, immersive, and social fitness experience. There you have it. There you have it. He got a lot well, of that. Thanks yeah, so much. And, and put it all simply, Zwift is tons of fun to use and it's a great ter- training tool. Yeah, 100%. And thanks for them to being uh, on board for this uh, podcast. So live from the Ken Glass Studios, Phil Rockner and Kevin McKinnon are talking all things Kona. We are going to be just previewing, uh, chatting, and Kevin's caught up with a couple of uh, special guests for this one as well. So this will be a really good one. So settle in wherever you are listening to us. We hope that you're having a great day, whether you're on the big island itself or you're cruising around somewhere in the world with us in your ears. We are Triathlon for your ears. So thank you very much for being a part of the show. Kevin, wow, it is the week. We've got the women's preview done. We've talked about that. Let's get on to the men's, which happens on Saturday. We've talked a little bit about the vibe of the joint, how Kona's going. Maybe for those who might not have caught the women's preview, Kevin, give us a little sketch of what's happening around town. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the, the big thing, the big feeling is just how many people are kicking around. 48 to 5,000 registered athletes here. Everyone brings along with them two or three or four people. Um, this island is jammed and it is hopping and it, um, yeah, it's, you've got this mix of nervous energy and excitement and just, oh my goodness, how the heck are we going to get around? And um, so, yeah, you know, Ironman's got some stuff to figure out, but um, at the end of the day, everyone is just thrilled to be back in Kona. End of story. Like, you know, there's just um, nothing quite like it out there. And actually, this might be a great time for, uh, for, us to bring in uh, somebody who has been around this event since 1981, uh, Bob Babbitt, the legend. I know you've spent some time, uh, you know, interviewing Bob and, and working with Bob in the past, uh, Phil, and you yep. know about all, all his amazing experience here in Kona. Well, I can't think of a better person to begin our legends uh, string with than Bob Babbitt, a legend, uh, an Ironman Hall of Fame member, of course, the guy behind breakfast with bob and been here to kona i don't know how many million times it's like uh, i think it's 42 or 43 times since 1980 was oahu and then every year since 1981 yeah i'm sort of thinking i'm just over 30 and you so you got me smoked but good decade got a decade (laughs) on you um so what is it that makes kona special we were in saint george special race yeah cool event very cool event but everyone's like so good to be back in Kona 
You know, there's obviously the history. When we go down to the, where the swim starts, and there's those little three little steps going down to the water. And think about who's walked down those steps. You know, Dave Scott, Mark Allen, Linda Sweeney. I mean, every Gordon Haller, every Ironman champion has walked down those steps at some point in time. And everybody has ridden the Queen K Highway and everybody's run a Lee Drive. There's just something, it's almost like in other sports, Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field and Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium. You, you know, you're playing in the same ballpark with, you know, there's Aaron Judge now and there was Babe Ruth back in the day. They're basically in the same place. There, there's just something unique about that. And I think that's what makes our sport so special because so many events have gone away over time. And so many have changed. If they haven't gone away, they've totally revamped the course. There's been minor tweaks here. The swim is the same. The Queen Highway is the same. The run, the Natural Energy Lab, there's so much history that makes this race so special. So when someone comes and does it for the first time, they know that they're they're basically following the path of the greatest of all time. Um, we've seen so many changes and so many things stay the same. Yes. Yeah. It feels like this year, you know, COVID, you know, everything sort of working together has brought a sea change to this event this year. I think everybody is so excited. I think what happens, we maybe we get a little jaded. You think about, you know, gosh, well, maybe I won't go to that event this year. I'll do it next year. Well, after COVID, you don't know if there'll be a next year. So the people who are here are, you, as soon as you got off the plane, you felt like, oh, my God, we're home again. And there's Mike Riley, and there's Dave Scott, and there's Mark Allen, and there's Paul and B. Frazier. It's sort of there's a comfort in, in stability, in knowing that, I don't know, waves are crashing right here. It, it's yeah. it's just there's something special about the fact that as much as the world has changed, it hasn't changed. Yes, people go faster, a lot faster. The bikes are faster, the technology is better. But when you go to that finish line and you see the emotion of people crossing that finish line, it changes lives. It changed my life in 1980. It changed your life when you came here. And the people who cross that finish line this weekend and next Thursday and next Saturday, it will change their life. So it's easy to get jaded and go, oh, it's my 10th, it's my 20th. There's always somebody who it's their first. And when they come across this line, this magical finish line on Lee Drive with Mike Riley calling their name, they feel like they've arrived. Two days of racing. Yeah. Big change in your mind? It is a huge change. What I love about it is the women are showcased. You know, we talk about, I mean, it's not so much, we all saw the race with first, second, third. That always happens. But who's in 12th? Who's in 15th? When the men and women are racing together, the motorcycle doesn't get back there. All of a sudden, oh, Lori Bowden just ran away to eighth. Or Heather Fear just ran away. We didn't see her the whole day. We'll see them now. We'll see the race. We'll see every aspect of that race that we never got to see before. And I think that the women deserve their own stage. Why not Lucy, Daniela, and the field, Daniela Blemel, there's a great, great women's field, and it's going to be really, really exciting. And if, say, Natasha wins, Natasha, say that Daniela wins, Daniela Reef wins, that's number six. That puts her in Mark Allen, Dave Scott, Natasha Bodman territory. Changes a lot of things. And so as much as new people... And the other aspect of this, Kevin, is think about how many guys we're talking about who've never been here before, Christian, 
and Gustav, who we're talking, and, and Magnus, never raced this race before. We're talking about them winning, right? You never would have said, oh, Luke Van Lerde's coming here in 1996, and he's going to win and break the course record, or Chrissy Wellington in 07 is coming. We never thought about first-timers. They sort of surprised us. There's no surprises here. And there's so many people who can win this race, and a lot of them have never been here before. But the main thing is, and, and they're all like 23, 24, 25, they're not intimidated, right? They're not intimidated in the least by, I was talking to Gustav the other day, and I said, what did you think on being on this course? And he goes, you want me to be honest? I said, yeah, he said, it's a highway, right? It's a highway, and there was a lot of traffic on it. So he's not looking at it. I didn't feel anything spiritual. I just felt it was a highway. So, you know, that they're, they're not intimidated by the moment. They're not intimidated by the course. They're not intimidated by the history. And, I, you know, maybe they'll be humble a little bit. Maybe not. Christian certainly wasn't in St. George. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> frightening because, you know, he was still pretty sick in St. George. You know, like, you know, watching him hack up a lung at, the, yeah. at that finish line, you kind of went, yeah, this guy's not 100% healthy, and he still managed to win. And the funny part was is after the race, because that's 7,000 feet of climbing, and before the race, I was talking to David McNamee, and all of us thought, nobody's going under eight hours here, right? 7,000 feet of climbing, uh, straight up, straight down on the run. And what happened, he goes, Bob, there's going to be six, seven, eight guys under eight, and whoever wins is going to be sub 750. And I'm like, and that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. I'm like, what are you, Nostradamus? But that's exactly what happened. And then Christian, when I'm talking to after the race, after he won it, he goes, you know, and this is not a good bike course for me. I'm like, what is? Kona is a good bike course, Marie, because I should put my head down and go. I'm like, oh, my God. He, what, he went 749, and it was not a good course for him. This course is a better course. If I'm another pro, I'm thinking, crap, what am I going to do with this guy? Was he going to go 720, 730? Who knows what these guys will do? Yeah, no, it is kind of frightening. And it does feel very different, because I, I remember sitting next to you in the press conferences with Maka way back when, and all of us going... Yeah, that guy's in for some education as he runs down a Lee Drive. I'm hoping to win this six times. <laughs> yeah, the first time Macca came, he, I remember he said, I, I, I want to be like Mark and Dave and win this six times. And Dave Scott's in the audience. He goes, hey, why don't you win once? <laughs> and then, you know, he dropped out and he walked and he, it took him a while till 2007 till he figured it out. And then he won again in 2010. But it's, it's, there was always a feeling here that it's, you don't win the first time out. First time. Very random, right? Very, but very that's rare. changed this year. Totally. And I think the other thing that's changed, back in 2019, the last time we were here, if somebody went sub seven at any Ironman, something, seven eight at any Ironman, that was a huge deal. People do it every race. Yeah. Right. So I think the course record could really come down. I mean, Christian Blumenfeld went faster in St. George than Jan's course record here. Yeah, and there's no comparison to the no. courses. No. Way tougher. So. So you assume that based on those guys that somebody is going in the 740s here. All right, I do need to sort of wrap this up. I could do this all night long. Um, the, you know, does does the Ironman World Championship work anywhere else? You know, they, you know yeah. like Andrew yeah. threw, the, threw the gauntlet down. It got answered. We're right. here for sure next year. Two days of racing, right. all that stuff. But you know, the feeling I've got since here, like just the, I've only been here a few right. days. But the energy is like, 
Yeah, it doesn't work anywhere else. It's off the charts. I mean, we got in, normally I would come in on Thursday a week and a few days before the, the championship, I, when, when it was one day of racing on Saturday. We came in on Monday, and this place is already crazy. I mean, it, people are coming in earlier and earlier. This is the focal point. They want to win the Ironman World Championship. And the pros, you know, I started interviews last Wednesday, and it wasn't a problem finding people who are here and ready to come on because they're here. They're training. This is still, this is still Nirvana. This is still the most important event. And it's what I love what PTO has done. What PTO has done with the million dollars in Dallas, the million dollars in Edmonton, the 1.5 million for Collins Cup. At the same time, this event's been around since 78. There's yeah. something about history and people want to be part of history. And if they can come here and win the Ironman World Championship, it will change their life forever. Yeah. And that has not changed. So the people who are here, I think people who are like, well, I might be 8th to 12th, they're going, oh, I'm not coming. I understand that. It's expensive to come over here. But if you think, and there's probably 20 guys who think they're going to be on the podium here, if not more, and 20 women who think they're going to be on the podium, they want to be here because it's still the most important one-day endurance event in the world. Yeah. No question about it. Well, and no one would know better than you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time, Bob, and good luck with the rest of the interviews. You must be winding down over the next few days. No, no, no. We've done we've done 30 interviews over the first three days, and tomorrow, we to, we'll, next three days will be, I think we have 14 or 15 interviews tomorrow, including Cam Worth, Joe Skipper, Dave Scott, Marinda Carfrey, McKeeley Jones, Braden Curry. I mean, tomorrow is like a Hall of Fame day. Oh, that is awesome. Keep up the great work. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Anytime, Kevin. Well, that was the one and only Bob Babbitt. No one does it like Bob. He's been at it for so long. And, you know, the energy that uh, that he brings to the island is almost, you could power your own uh, station, couldn't you, Kevin? He's a, he's, the guy's a bloody genius. Absolutely. Breakfast with Bob has been hopping. I uh, haven't, I never have time to sort of get in and, and sit down and watch, but I walked by a couple of times down at Huggo's and uh, lots of cheering and all kinds of noise. Um, so yeah, I know Bob, Bob is doing Bob as usual. And it's just great. This, uh, yeah. this, this place is uh, awesome for him. Do you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough um, a couple of years ago when I was there to meet the, um, the Collins family, the, John Collins, obviously, for those of you. John know. and um, John and Judy, yeah, correct. Uh, and Dave Olowski, who was on the podium in episode one of um, yeah, third. And that, yeah, and they had the little Iron Man trophy that they made, um, and they were showing it around to folks. And then Dave has used to have this photo of him on this like dime speed. Um, that he used that he that he raced on because he was a marine, I think, at the time. Yep. And the cutoff jeans, yeah, you know the cutoff. I mean, my God, what a what a, you know, if ever a sport was going to be born out of something just you know, super freaking cool, this is what it. This is what we get. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and so um, we're we're I know we've got to get to this men's preview, but um, I you know, just wanted to quickly. Um, sort of talk, you know, just mentioned Dave Orlowski did pass away, unfortunately. I think it was um, uh, December of 2020. And uh, yeah. so they've been waiting a couple of years to be able to um, 
to sort of do a little remembrance for him because he was a huge part of the Ironman family and traveled around to so many races and 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 all that. So I saw uh, Louis Alvarez, who's um, from Mexico. He finished his 195th Ironman race, um, which uh, still puts him well behind John Ragg, who's a 272, I believe it is, or 270. Um, and um, Luis is not racing here this weekend, but wanted to make sure he was here uh, for that Dave Orlowski remembrance. Um, so, yeah, yeah you and know, that's amazing. Great, we, great um, cats there and a good one to pick up. 100%. And we spent time with him, uh, I reckon, when he was doing his lap of the Ironman world. You know, he was out there doing that, and we spent time with him in Australia when he got here. And um, brilliant guy. Like, just, uh, and he was telling me that he'd had um, health issues and that. And, you know, that's the first time I reckon, Kevin, an interview that I sat there tearied, you know. Normally, you just sit there and you're doing your thing. And when someone tells you something um, super, you know, um, intimate like that, it is, um, whew, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to do. Yeah, no, totally. And and Dave could certainly do that. He just wore his heart on his sleeve and uh, was just a great guy all around. Yeah. Um, I certainly think there are plenty of people out there who, uh, who will miss the great man. Now, Let's try and move out a little bit from uh, from the wonderful Dave, who would be, you know, from wherever he is looking onto this race with fond memories now. Uh, we talked about in the women's preview that basically it is weird as heck that M1 slot, that rookie, is a favourite for the race. And, of course, Blumenfeld we are looking at. Uh, he, uh, Christian is our top dog, our big banana, our number one. But he has got, and I must say, this is what, we get excited about this is what you want from the sport you want to get the best in the world lining up against each other as much as you can to go for a big island smackdown and that's what we're going to get kevin but it all starts with m1 absolutely so you know christian blumenfeld um you know in years past so uh you know the the age-old thing in in kona is that you don't win kona unless um you were on the podium the year before and since um, Luke Van Leerd won in 1996. Um, that, that was pretty much always the case, except for a couple of times. Maka was one of those athletes. Norman Stadler was one of those athletes, uh, but who didn't win, weren't on the podium the year uh, before they won. Uh, but both time, both of those people had been champions before. Um, so that's been the age old thing. You don't win here unless you've been to this race before you've been on the podium before that's all been thrown out the window. Absolutely. This year. Um, and, uh, you know, just 100%, um, these two are rolling in as the prohibitive favorites. And, uh, you know, I know we just finished our, 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 my interview with, um, Bob Babbitt, but I think this would be a great time to, uh, do my quick interview with uh, Lionel Sanders because he is the first person to point out uh, just how much of a favorite these two guys are. Lionel Sanders just finished the uh, press conference. Sounds like you came in here not so confident, but it's coming along now. I went to Dallas really confident. Like, I was like, I mean, I. I am going to be fighting for the win. Like in my mind, it's like if fitness is everything's good, heat training, everything's good. 
and I was competing for last, like almost to not get last. And so that was like, oh, wow, took me right aback. And yeah, so that obviously you're only as good as your last race and in the athlete's mind. And um, it was the heat. The heat uh, broke me mentally. And all my bad races have occurred in the heat, every single one of them. All my, I've actually performed quite well in all my races other than the hot ones. So then you start reflecting on that and you're like, I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it again. I can't, I can't do it again. I can't walk home again after you have a bad one. But then I got in, my team got me into the right perspective in that it's like, you were doing workouts with Colin side by side in 100 degrees Fahrenheit, side by side, pushing the pace. He won the race. You're not like something happened in between there, but you're you you have that capacity too. And then we reflected and we did a couple of heat sessions where I pushed it really far, like way too far. And then I went in the hot tub after it too. And then we started to be like, I wonder if that screwed me up a little, like my brain actually, something in my brain a little bit. And that's kind of what we're concluding, knock on wood. But because the last nine days I came here basically with the perspective, I'm going to do a camp and I'm just going to learn as much as I can about myself in the heat because I've got so many data points now, core sensor, heart rate sensor, stride sensor, lactate data, weigh myself, power data on the bike, blah, blah, blah. All these data points, I've never taken them on. I'm taking a million. I brought 150 lactate strips. It's like, I am going to I'm gonna test the shit out of myself. Just so I understand what's going on. And as the week went on, I just, every single session, it's just up, 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 up. And today's session was, was like really good. And so I feel like a piece of it was that I actually screwed something up in my brain a little bit. And it's fading away now. My body's saying, you're allowed to exert in the heat. Just don't go... Just don't push me too far. Does this almost take a little bit of the pressure off? I don't have any pressure. <laughs> I don't feel, I mean, me? The pressure of me? Um, Why don't you who, have any pressure? Who has the pressure? If Christian and Gustav don't win, this is a complete upset of it. Like, if they don't win, I, I mean that. Like, if they don't win, think about that. Like, Christian doesn't win or Gustav doesn't win. I, I, I don't see a world where that doesn't happen in anyone's mind. So why is it, there's no pressure on me. <laughs> I couldn't care less. If they don't win, it's a complete failure. The system is a failure in their mind. I'm not saying that's how it is. I'm saying right. like like in the in the, the public, if they don't win, I think everyone would be like taken aback. But you and I both know, obviously those guys, amazing yada yada yada. Yeah. But astute. Tone is a whole different. Astute. Kona's a whole different world. Incredibly astute, though. Like, in, they know... So I just, in Dallas, that was a great race because I discovered, like, the core. I didn't... I had no understanding of this concept. Nothing. I just thought, you just got to make sure you drink. There's no such thing as, like, overheating. This doesn't exist, right? You see athletes. It's happened to many great athletes that actually overheated so badly they were never the same again. It's happened to many people. It's a real thing. I was totally unaware of it, and Dallas brought me in into thinking about it. These guys who were going up against helped develop the core sensor that I'm now using to analyze it. Three years ago, they were helping develop it. This is the level that these people's thinking is at that we're going up against. You think that they don't know the conditions here and they haven't trained their heat tolerance thresholds up? Undoubtedly, they have. Like They are astute, astute people. This will not look like, for them, a first Kona at all. It will look like seasoned veteran world-class Kona people. And we know this. 
and we know that that's what we're going up against. Ooh, sounds like a tough act. Uh, it's their race to lose. I, I don't have any pressure. I don't care. Whatever. I mean, if I, uh, quite frankly, after Dallas, uh, if I don't walk, I'm doing good. Like, you know, like for real. That's the that's where the bar's at. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, I just want to ask um, how Aaron's doing and how excited you guys are with the impending arrival. Sorry to make you do yeah, no, a big 180 jump, no, but I'm not good. running out of time. Dan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Um, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Little baby's coming in 18 days from today, so Aaron's holding down the fort. They're getting the, 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 the baby room ready. Went and bought the diapers, the wipes. I don't know how to do any of this stuff, by the way. And uh, I, I won't pretend like I know anything because I know literally nothing. So I'm gonna learn, and I'm excited to learn, and I'm, I'm sure I'll make mistakes, but I, you know, I hope to do the little guy the best I can. And yeah, it's, it's a cool part of life that I'm excited to experience. That is awesome. Good luck Cheers. this weekend, yeah, and good you. luck to you and Aaron with thank the little you. guy. Thank you. I appreciate it. So that was, of course, uh, Kevin and the great, the great uh, two Canadians just getting it done, having chats. <laughs> well, and so, and, and Phil, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you can't help but notice there, um, you know, at one point uh, during that interview, Lionel basically says, as far as everyone in the world is concerned, um, Christian and Gustav are going to win this race. If they don't, for the rest of the world, that would be the biggest upset ever. So, um, and the other thing that I loved um, uh, was uh, Lionel, and he talked about it today, again today in the press conference. So after Lionel's meltdown in Dallas, um, just from all of the heat stuff, he started using a core temperature gauge. And so these strips that you uh, put on, on your body to, to gauge your core temperature. And uh, he's sort of using this for a couple of days and then realizing Holy jumping, like Gustav and Christian have been using this technology for three years. They helped develop it. So no wonder they're rolling in here and ready to be, um, you know, ready to be favorites. They don't need to go through all of that experience stuff that everyone else does. They've been dialing this stuff in for years. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the feeling is, and you know, certainly at the press conference, the feeling was, these two are the favorites. Everyone else is kind of gunning after them. And, and you know, they, everyone else has basically got to hope that there's a little chink in their armor. Yeah, and that's – this is the thing, right? I mean, you talked about Chris McCormack, and he went over there in 97, off, I think he might have said, um, whenever he went over there. Uh, no, later, 2003. No, it was uh, 2001, I believe. Um you may, might have been 2003. 2001, I think, was the first year he rolled over. He'd won Ironman Australia. Um, he'd won. Uh, he'd won in or two. Yeah. That yeah, aside, and, that aside, um, he went over there though, like chock full of comp. Remember, like he was screaming at the uh, the Germans. This was easy. You guys, this is easy. Now, I can't see Christian Blumenfeld doing that, right? I get that. We all understand that. But there's something weird about this island. There's something that's got a little bit of something. Madame Palais doesn't let you off the hook easy. She's not going to, you know, give you this race straightforward style. Um, yeah. And I think we've got to be – we have to recognize that this race ain't like anything he's ever done before. 
Um, yeah, he's won an Olympic Games. I know we're talking about pressure. I get all that. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about pressure. I'm just talking about the weird-ass vibe that this island has that kind of makes you really suffer before you get what you want. Absolutely. and uh, But I think Christian is all too aware of all of that. Um, and then here's the other frightening thing is, um, you know, people just don't realize how sick Christian was when he won um, in St. George earlier this year. Like he came across the line and he hacked up a lung basically um, on the finish line. And, you know, this coach that was just, you know, kind of standing there looking going, yep, oh, well. Uh, we knew he was under the weather, but uh, figured we'd give it a shot, you know. And so um, that's just how fit he is. And uh, then you've got Gustav Eden. Um, so, you know, if something doesn't go right with, with Christian, you've got Gustav, who's been training with them yeah. the storm. It's, it's, it's a frightening combo. Um, and then, you know, Lionel, he might sort of, I don't know, actually, Lionel hasn't been poo-pooing his chances. He's, he's you know, been very sort of low-key and upbeat and, you know, just it seems to be in a great headspace. Um, and, uh, yeah, but do not think that that guy is not ready to step up. Um, you know, he's, he's made it abundantly clear um, that he is not following the same, going to keep things under control on the bike. He's going after the wind here. Um, and so his plan is to, to get out there and get motoring on the bike. Um, and so the dynamics of the race will be how far back are they? Uh, so you've got Lionel Sanders, Sebastian Keenla, and um, Cameron Wirth. 2017, when, when Lionel ended up yeah. coming second, um, those three got together and pounded through the, the bike and were, I, I, you'll have to check me on this, um, but they were in the lead. I, I feel like it was just before Javi. If it wasn't just before, it was just after. It was after two hours of racing. Yeah. Um, so if those three can get in this mix again, um, Sebastian's here, just he wants to have a good time, but he also would dearly love to finish in the top five. So he's one of those guys. He's not going to put it all on the line to go for the win. He's going to sort of be out there and in that mix and just ready to, um, you know, watch people implode and run by them as, as he cruises higher and higher and higher and higher up into the standings and towards the podium. Yeah. Um, so, and then we've got the, um, the GBR crew as well. You've got Dave McNamee who's climbed high before Joe Skipper. Um, yep. So yeah. there's, there's, there's a guy um, yeah. I, I think could be, you know, could be very interesting. You know, you saw what he did at the, at the sub seven, um, you know, he, he took it to Christian out on the bike. Now, you know, granted he had, you know, whatever it was, eight or nine or 10 people flying along in front of him. Um, but uh, yeah, Joe Skipper word is he's in good shape. And uh, so keep an eye on him. Uh, another person who can swim and bike super well Um when he is on is Tim O'Donnell. And I know the guy's 42, but yeah. um, you know, he's here. This is all bonus. This is all um, gravy uh, for him. You know, he, he, March of 2021, you know, he had, he had heart surgery and the, the surgeon came out of the surgery and the surgeon said, yeah, you need to find another career. Um, so, 
you know, look look at him to be up up in that picture because he can swim well enough to be up uh, up in the mix and and with the lead group. So, yeah. um, and then uh, from your neck of the woods, Braden Curry, um, I think sort of harbors a little bit of people weren't paying taking me seriously, and um, in St. George, and I came very close to pulling that race off. So, um, look at him to to do some some damage out there as well. So given where we are and we've spoken to, you've spoken to Bob Babbitt, we've had Lionel Sanders as well. So that's his, uh, we're going to start to give our predictions. It's, it's a hard one, but what are you thinking? Or do you want me just to do what I normally do and just blaze on in? Yeah, well, blaze on in. I just want to mention one other name to you uh, that I want you, well, actually a few. Um, so the Germans. So yes, Jan Fredeno is not here. But Patrick Lange is. He's a two-time champion. The guy obviously knows how to win. He's really improved his cycling over the last few years. So keep an eye on him. But a guy that, you know, I know you sort of talk about these dark horses and, and mm-hmm. top five and all that. And, um, but Florian Angert um, had a great swim at the Hoala uh, swim on Sunday. Um, probably would have won that had he not sort of taken a wrong turn and had he chosen to swim in a speed suit. Um, so uh, Florian swimming super well and um, keep an eye on him. He could very much be in this mix. All right, go with your blazing predictions. This is what I love about you, Kevin. You know me so well. I'm saying that our rookie doesn't get it. Sorry, Mr. Gold medalist. It ain't going to happen for you. Uh, I think he's going to, there's going to, something's going to come up. Now, I love the Germans. I think the Germans, I think Langer is the man. I think he's just quietly built, and I think he's just under the radar, and it's all looking at Norway. We're going, oh, look at Norway. They're awesome, and they are. But this is the big island, and I'm banking Madame Palais is going to go, no, thank you. I think Sanders, Curry, uh, I love your O'Donnell prediction because Tim races like a beast when he gets to the island. I like Cam Worth as well for an outsider like Joe Skipper, but in that sort of mix is where we're looking at. I think they're the, they're the players who are going to shape and form this one. Um, there's going to be a dark horse that I haven't mentioned that no one knows about as usual. It always happens. Someone's going to come from the clouds and go big, which will be fun to watch. Uh, but he, here it is, uh, Blumenfeld, as good as he is and as amazing he is, he will win this race. It just won't be this weekend. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy to throw a name into your um, – to your uh, somebody that we haven't talked about and everything, Colin Chartier. The guy was on fire at the PTO event in Dallas, the PTO US Open. Um, he's been training with, uh, with Lionel, has been excelling in the heat, and not a soul on this planet is paying any attention to the guy, even though he just mm-hmm. won 100 grand in Dallas. Um, so um, yeah, keep an eye on him for sure. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not quite as willing as uh, willing to uh, count Christian out of this win here, but um, and and I think it's tough not to expect one of the Norwegians up there, but um, yeah, I, I think truly uh, in for a very exciting race. The and the the thing is, Patrick can't come back from as far as he has in the past. So you know, my guess is he'll bike harder and aim to run 239, 240, 241, which yes. is still awesome here. Um, but um, he could be uh, as much as 10 minutes down off the bike as uh, unless he really 
puts it all out there. Uh, yeah. That's going to be the the deciding factor for him. If if Patrick's in that mix um, off the bike, then whew, I think we're we're in for some fun, and and I like your choice. It'll be on, uh, as we know. Kevin, uh, your work on the ground is stellar. Well, thank to Bob Babbitt, one of our guests, and also the uh, the wonderful Lionel Sanders. Thanks for being a part of the Life of Try. Kevin, you are a rock star as per usual. If you want anything uh, in this world of triathlon, you go to Triathlon Magazine. That's where you go. It's awesome. And Kevin is the big dog, and he's there all the time, uh, and he's doing awesome amazing update so make sure you check out triathlon magazine uh certainly is the uh, home of all good things of the sport of triathlon thanks for listening if you like us tell your mates outside of that we will be looking at the post uh and seeing exactly what went down in kona kevin thank you very much and enjoy race day my friend hey thank you so much phil always great to catch up with uh with you down under and i'm going to see if i can get one of your uh cohorts uh, from from Aussie to to join in for a part of our wrap up. So hey, thanks so much. It. Great job as usual. <laughs> thanks to you and thanks to our mates at Swift for making this all possible. If you've never heard of them before, what rock have you been living under? Get involved <laughs> with Zwift. We'll see you after this big dance, this big race, and we'll be breaking it all down with the wonderful man Kevin McKinnon. And uh, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you've had a great time. Thanks for listening to the Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at the Life of Try.